Hi, and welcome to our podcast. I'm your host, Howard Drew Karsh. And for those who don't know me, I've been a successful realtor in Canada's largest market for over 30 years. And in the latter part of my career, I co-founded Canada's largest independent brokerage, Right at Home Realty, with a roster of over 5,600 agents and growing. In 2020, I retired to start this podcast, and it's been a remarkable opportunity to meet fascinating and successful people in real estate and related fields, to find out about their careers, and to get their insight into our business. And today's guest is truly one of those people, Hans John. Hans is uh, principal of Atria Developments, and welcome to our podcast, Hans. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Howard, for inviting me. Uh, very much appreciate uh, you taking the time uh, to speak to me. Great. So why don't we do this? Um, why don't we start with you telling our viewers, um, you know, a bio kind of summary of who you are, and then we'll go to some questions and answers. Um, you know what? We we develop. We're currently developing um, projects uh, in both in Oshawa and in Peterborough currently. Uh, we're doing a, we're finishing off a 136 uh, unit project in Peterborough and then a 370 unit. Uh, both are purpose-built rentals. Uh, um, and we've been lately or recently predominantly working outside the city core, uh, which is, you know, in the 905 where, uh, uh, you know, we've grown where we're fully integrated. So the firm, you know, we, we acquire the land, we entitle the land. Um, we then market, construct, uh, build, and then manage the process, uh, the property management aspects of it. So we're, you know, we were we're fortunate enough to kind of have grown uh, a full, um, uh, you know, the full cycle of the development, uh, uh, you know, sales and uh, rentals and then development and so. Yeah, it's you know, it's an obviously it's an incredible career being a developer. Um, uh, most people, unless you're either in real estate or you know a developer, people don't really understand the challenges. I mean, you're, you know, you're you're planning things years before they they happen, right? And I always have a lot of respect for making that commitment because, uh, you know, uh, to your point, the hundreds of homes don't go up overnight. So you have to acquire the land, you have to get the zoning, you have to, not the least of which you have to have crews available and, you know, and you have to manage all that. Uh, and then there's the other side of it. You have to get the sales, which I suppose in this day and age is a little easier than other times. But um, anyway, my point is we've had some developers on uh, the podcast and I, and I always find it uh, just fascinating because it's a tough business. You know, it's not one of the easy ones. I agree. You know, we, we, you're planning in advance. It's uh many years uh, you know you're also anticipating where the market will be and you have to you know our strategy has been a little bit i know you know to, to look for those gems to look where maybe we can add value where the you know the community is changing where we could maybe we've seen it ahead of the curve and and uh and you know and it's not always uh uh, it's not always uh, a linear uh, line. Sometimes, you know, you, you hit a home run. Sometimes some communities where you are are slower. Uh, and then, uh, but, you know, you, you know, our strategy has been sort of to, to look and uh, uh, look ahead and uh, anticipate. So it is, it, it is nerve wracking at times. And, and uh, it, uh, that's what we do. And, you know, for all of the problems, without a doubt, uh, <laughs> 
problems and, and, uh, and deaths uh, that the podcast, excuse me, not the podcast, I hope it doesn't kill anybody, that the, pande- <laughs> that the pandemic has caused. The changing where people want to live has ended up in your favor because there's been a lot of movement out of urban to want to get out. And, you know, the developers that don't have properties there, they can't build them overnight, right? So uh, you're probably in a pretty good position when people are trying to get to uh, outside major centers. Am I right? Well, well, it's, it's funny you say that. When our strategy was to go out of the city, you know, uh, you know, we were thought, you know, we're, we're maybe making a mistake of holding our assets outside uh, the core of the city. And today, you know, I feel like, you know, people said, oh, you're a genius. You, you know, right. it, obviously we're, we're neither, uh, right. you know, circumstance change, people are moving out and suddenly the 905 in, you know, Oshawa, Peterborough, and it doesn't matter. It, those are the cities I'm working in. We're also in Hamilton, Barrie, mm-hmm. you name it, it you know, uh, you've seen the growth. So, you know, we're, we were, we're poised, uh, uh, you know, already in the process acquiring the land we've you know entitlement um and you know we've really benefited from people moving out and you know absolutely we've I, seen our rents go up we've seen a demand increase uh and we do have holdings in the city and and you know they have seen mixed results mm-hmm. you know prior to today's podcast i you know i, I reviewed your own uh, website and and it is fascinating the number of uh, sites that you're that you're uh, developing and have developed. I mean, it's uh, that's a lot of management <laughs> to handle those things. Well, I would say that you know we have a wonderful team, and the, that team has grown. And you know, I, I learned uh, over over the many years. You know, really, your business is is your people and yes. it's your team. And so, you know, we took a lot of time. Uh, acquiring bringing in talent both on the construction um on the on the development side and, and bring it in-house mm-hmm. and so the capabilities you know we were using a lot of third party or uh, you know outside uh, consultants and i think you know we you know you have to you know the flaw my thinking is if you're going to build something you should own it you should know the process uh and you should own it and uh you know and i think you also learn from each of these components and they make your your planning better because you can construct you you know you understand uh the complications and some of that feedback and your design and your development and your approvals it filters back so i think you as a as a team as a company become uh you know more knowledgeable um and uh and uh, i think smarter for it and I think it's just a smart business philosophy because turnover will kill you. It doesn't matter what business you're in, right? Yes. And and uh, uh, the fact that you you have a philosophy to grow your team, right? They know that there's uh, a future, and uh, yeah. uh, and the competition. Listen, I, I when I was running uh, Right at Home Realty, I started my day like this, Hans. I figured every day somebody is trying to recruit away the managers the branch administrators, and clearly the agents. So my approach was to be involved as much as I could with our people. And our people now follow that lead. I think, you know, I think in in, in companies that grow, um, they have to have this sense of um, people want to be there. It's not just about the money. They they have to get satisfaction. And, And, you know, to have a construction company, 
I'm sure that people are trying to get your people just just because there's such a shortage, right? It, I, and if I was to tell you, they don't get, I have some staff who have confided in me that they're getting recruited on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So they'll have maybe one or two inquiries every uh, every week. And so you, you realize, look, you know, um, just recently we lost somebody, you know, who is a, was a very good guy, you know, uh, in the office, substantial increase in wage, but also opportunity. And that I don't begrudge. I mean, that, that happens. You can't hold someone back mm-hmm. for a better opportunity, but you know, the people you want, like if it's a, you know, that are with you, um, you know, you want to understand how you can help them grow. Um, sometimes, you know, even in the position or the, the tasks, a lot of them want to learn more, especially in their, you know, they're in their thirties and forties. They want to be able to take more challenging roles and it may not be available in some of the more larger traditional firms where, you you know, moving up just isn't there because there's someone ahead of you that's not going to retire and, and, and is there. So, you know, you, you, you work, uh, you know, and then you also to see if, if they can participate in the development process, uh, you know, by investing or by, and, you know, do, you know, being part of the success of their own firm and, and, and actually financially doing better. So that's something we've, we are now doing um, actively. And it's something people appreciate, you know, they appreciate um, uh, definitely, I think it, it breeds, uh, you know, alignment of interest and, um, and uh, you know, it fights against the turnover. And, you know, it's interesting when, and not to make this the podcast about me, but we're talking about people and when, when people would leave and obviously there's turnover in every brokerage, but when people leave, I'd always call them and ask them why and try to get yeah. this feedback. And then I'd wish them well. And that was, that was something they never expected. I mean, people don't expect when they're leaving a place to be treated uh, with respect, but there's two reasons. Number one, it's just the way to do it. It's good business. And number two, there's no guarantee they're going to be happy where they go. And, you know, the way you talk to them when they leave could be uh, a great way to have somebody come back that you didn't want to leave in the first place. And that clearly, that has happened when I was uh, running the company as well. Well, uh, currently we have got, we uh, have probably four or five employees that left we kept in good relationship. Um, they went on to do some very big, good work. And over, over the last 20 years, 15 years, we kept in touch. We had a, once in a while have a lunch or a coffee, see what they're doing, get some advice, and they've come back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the firm's better for it. But now we have this relationship of trust. It's a 20-year relationship. So they worked with us. They grew. We gave them the opportunity. And sometimes better opportunities came. And, uh, you know, they, they, we sat down and, and I said, look, you know, I can't match that at this moment. You've got a great opportunity. Let's keep in touch. Mm-hmm. And then so there's no there's none of that. I'm very happy uh, for their success. And, you know, most if they leave, they're typically we have that relationship where, look, I'm leaving. Why don't we bring someone in? You can train, help. Uh, we have a question. We can always uh, call you. And that's the kind of relationship we have. I've kind of fostered. So today we, we were, we've had, we have many people, uh, a handful of people that have left and then came back and are here and, uh, and uh, they've grown and, you know, and, and we've grown uh, with them, you know, separately, but, you know. So well, well, when we started the podcast, um, one of the things that we found is uh, when we interview people, 
uh, and they're people like yourself, highly successful people in real estate. Uh, they they like the one-on-one because it gives you a chance to talk without distractions, number one. And, you know, the podcast also gives you, uh, because this world of the internet is so viral, gives you a chance to talk to other people that you would never normally get to talk about. So, you know, I'm always um, happy to help businesses grow. And, and this is one of the things we found that people really appreciate this opportunity. So, um, you know, I wanted to, in advance of getting to the questions, I wanted to say thank you. And, and I want to move on to, we have a few questions here. And, and I'm sure there'll be great answers. So the, the one that I think is no question uh, uh, that I'll get a good answer is, um, were there entrepreneurs in your family? Uh, absolutely. So on both sides of the family, uh, maternal and paternal, uh, both were, were in family businesses. Mm-hmm. So we come from a tradition uh, of, of businesses and, and, uh, and typically, you know, uh, uh, it was passed on. And, and uh, so, you know, we as children, uh, you know, my grandfather had come over from India. My father was an engineer. Um, they moved to Toronto and established themselves there. Uh, you know, they bought land early. So they were, their story is, you know, they were living in an apartment in Parkdale and they saved money and they couldn't buy, they couldn't afford land in the city. So they went out and bought land in Oshawa. This $5,000 piece of land, uh, probably in the late sixties. And they were living, you know, uh, in a rented apartment. And so, you know, this idea of, of ownership of land was quite important for them. Uh, and uh, that was, you know, really my grandfather, uh, you know, uh, saying, hey, listen, we've got to buy land. And, and uh, so, you know, we, you know, the, the, and the other thing, you know, I would say as a, as a child that I learned is the work ethic. So, so my mother was home with we were four of us. Um, and my father, uh, you know, love, you know, worked, you know, got up in the morning and, and was out the door and, and had to, you know, provide for the family. And, and, um, so, you know, we would help out on the weekends from school and he was a guy that, you know, he was punctual up at five, out of the door by six and, you know, 12 hours later, 13 hours later, 14, sometimes he'd be back. And, uh, and so we kind of learned, uh, that, and, and even today I have a, you know, I've, you know, um, um, it's, it's kind of inbred in me mm-hmm. and he was, it was quite a risk taker also. So that was kind of, uh, something that, uh, you know, many people, you know, many people are, are, are you know, are, are quite intelligent, can do all the analysis, but, you know, he was a guy that would roll the dice, um, work at it and, um, take a lot of risk. And, and he would share that with us growing up on the kitchen table and say, listen, you know, we're going to tighten our belts. We're, we're acquiring something. So that part of the spirit, uh, um, you know, um, uh, and so my uncles and brothers in the community that we grew up with, they're all running businesses. And if you go back, uh, many of the cousins, I would say 90% have businesses, small, big, but there's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, well, the entrepreneurial, I mean, the entrepreneurial spirit where your dad would, uh, share business challenges i mean that's uh that that's something you probably didn't realize until you took over what what he had to do and how he had to you know make a calculated risk roll the dice as you said i i would say his his uh, it's funny today you know we have analysts and we have people who do a lot of uh you know research on it and he was a guy uh, 
you know, he'd walk into a property. He was, uh, he's an engineer, he's you know, quite good with numbers and, and cost, but he would literally, I don't say back of a napkin, but on a one page sheet, kind of figure out in his mind and, and he'd say like the building spoke to him. He'd walk the land and this idea of getting up in the morning and seeing the property in the morning. And he had a certain tradition of, of you know, uh, of seeing a property. And then, you know, it would be, I think it works. And it, his analysis would be, you know, on a one page sheet, it's, you know, 50,000 square feet. It's, it's, you know, we think we got to renovate and put X amount in. I think this was the rent. Here's the pro forma. And it, and it was literally done. And, he, and that's how, he that's what we saw and he would he, you know and uh, I learned that from him you know there's something that's intuitive um, yes uh, but you you know you, the ability to make the call mm-hmm. and sometimes is probably bigger than he can chew um, but he uh, he had it in him that look I think I can make it work mm-hmm. and I'll will it and, I, and so that's something that I, I think I've learned from him and I've taken well, clearly you're running a you're running a busy and big company, and I think you know those backgrounds. I think make so much difference. Um, I'm curious because we don't know each other that well. But before you took over, uh, or where you are now with Atria, what were you doing before real estate? Uh, it, it was only real estate. What we did do in the summers when we were young. We helped out on uh, on the as we were growing. But my father had with his brother. Uh, won some concessions uh, like with, with the city of Toronto. We ran the boat and bicycle rental on Center Island hmm. with the little trolley trains in Hyde Park. So these were really tractors disguised as little trains and go around. We did these tours. So in our teens, in the summers, because they're both they're all summer businesses, we we kind of managed. So you can imagine we're 14, 13, 15, all the way. You know, we, we got to run businesses uh, where we hired you know, four or five employees. Uh, we, you know, learned how to fix, uh, you know, tractors, ran through the park, collected, you know, money. And, you know, did, so, you know, my, my dad got busy in the real estate part of it. And then these, uh, these businesses, but eventually, you know, we, they went away and we moved all into the development uh, together. These are my brothers and sister. And so we, you know, um, and that's, uh, so, so uh, other than that, uh, we've been in real estate. It's in my blood, and we've been doing it since uh, at a very young age. I would I would literally go with my father on the weekends, and this is could be six, seven, eight, uh, and you know just be the helper, help out, get on sites. This is when my dad was actually painting, helping. I would would physically would have one or two people, I and mean, we were small properties, and and they eventually grew to bigger properties, and. And, uh, and, uh, but we remember those days where, uh, you know, where we were just, and, and this is, uh, myself, uh, primarily, but also my brothers, uh, we were out on site. And when you started, um, I guess, uh, after your education, where, where in the company did you start to work? Well, you know, the, the company was, it was interesting. There was my father, I've, I've, I have two brothers. Uh, and a sister. The sister was uh, uh, moved into consulting. They're they're all engineers. They all went to University of Toronto, and uh, you know we they they I have a brother that's just older and a brother that's just younger, and they all we all came into the business uh, at the same time. And my father said, "Listen, you know I can take a couple of you, but I don't know if I can take all three. The business is not that big." 
Mm-hmm. And so we went then uh, and acquired additional properties and it became a concerted effort to, to, to grow the business. And uh, this is during, you know, 90s, 1996, the economy wasn't great. Um, we picked up in East downtown Toronto, which is now Leslieville, we picked up a number of properties. And I would say to you, you picked them up uh, relatively uh, inexpensive, I'd say, you know, pennies on the dollar today. And so we, we really grew substantially the real estate holdings during this time. And then we came in, we then developed them and, uh, you know, renovated them, you know, replaced the windows, the mechanical, the HVAC. And we, so we, you know, we, we took these abandoned old industrial buildings, which was a reliable toy factory, the old Coca-Cola bottling factory, the woods camping equipment building. Um, you know, there were, there were, large 150,000, 200,000 square foot buildings. You know, the smallest one was, you know, 80, 90,000. So they were large. And then we, you know, replaced, renewed and uh, multi-tenanted them. And, and you, you, um, uh, you, you, obviously the family business is, you know, is, um, is what, what you knew. And, and it was, it sort of sounds like it never was something where, but I don't want to do it. It sounds like you always liked the idea of getting into the family business. Am I right? Yeah, there was there was a sense, but but also sometimes you know the family business is you know you want to go to a certain direction. You know, once we had done this, you know, there was this idea that look, can we go and and improve on this, grow the scale of the company? And at, at the point we were taking really old loft spaces and kind of doing, I would say, you know makeovers and turnovers but i wanted to build this idea of building new and learning and and it didn't always jive with the family direction mm-hmm. you know we had a formula as, as my father's a successful formula we had done well uh, but for me it was also about learning it was about uh you know we i did some low rise some mid rise some new uh you know just to learn the language and and uh you know learn like marketing and you know we we thought there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of locked up value in the brand and we created Atria, mm. uh, you know, in, in 1998. And we, we thought, look, you know, marketing and bringing interior uh, designers and, and, and uh, you know, that wasn't that wasn't something that was done prior, mm. um, you know, and we, you know, and, and so growing this company, growing the brand, um, developing a language, uh, it, it took some time and it, it, it wasn't always a direction of the family. So I had to kind of, uh, you know, uh, along with my brothers, uh, you know, but this is something that personally was, was um, so we went and did the I-Zone, the live, work, loft. So we took a building that we had finished as an industrial sort of multi-tenant building, went back and did these live, work, lofts. Hmm. And then we did the garment factory loft, which is 150 units. We added four stories. We created, you know, uh, a very successful uh, branded project, but, um, you know, it, and then, and that allowed us to grow, you know, allowed us to grow sort of the infrastructure, the experience. And one of the reasons we were able to play at such an early age on these larger uh, larger projects was we'd created such amount of land equity because we had bought during, you know, in 1996 and, you know, we picked up buildings for a nickel and, and, and you know, now we've created this, this lift in the value. Mm-hmm. And so we were now able to to parlay that into into a larger development, and uh, and I think that gave us gave me a lot of confidence. And, and uh, they weren't 
they weren't like home runs. They weren't, but we learn. I think the learning aspect is something you have a value, mm-hmm. and over time that uh, has become valuable. And, and uh, you know, you you understand the nuances of. So Hans, I've I've been asking people this year when we've been doing uh, our um, uh, podcast, how did the pandemic affect you during the pandemic? And how have things changed since we're generally coming out of it, it appears? Well, look, I think the pandemic affected many, you know, in a negative way. And, you know, and it's unfortunate. But we, on the other hand, um, saw the pandemic. Uh, we, we've been very busy during this time. We've actually grown during this time. And now it's, you know, the residential uh, development was deemed as um, an essential service. Uh, and so, you know, all our sites were open mm. and, and especially multi-res uh, outside the city, uh, we've been busy. So th- through the pandemic, we, we have been busy, fortunately. And, and, uh, and I, we see, as, as we talked earlier, people moving out. So, you know, our existing product, uh, the new product, there's a lot of interest in it. I've also seen, I think, you know, sort of the lenders, um, you know, this is the bankers and stuff you need to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're seeing uh, sort of the 905 as, as more viable uh, communities outside the city. And uh, so uh, I think I think it's been, um, we've been rather lucky. Good. Um, in terms of technology, I mean, whether it's the real estate industry and, in, um, you know, brokerages or, or whether it's the real estate industry and development, um, what, what, what tools do you find are the most important to you in your business and, and why? Well, um, I would say that, you know, on the development side, we've been, we've been really trying to innovate sort of the technology use. You know, we've included, you know, the smart one, which is the concierge services. Um, so it's all off your smartphone and, you know, your, your locks, your entry, uh, the amenities and, and stuff can be booked all through this uh, through this app. So both our buildings in Oshawa and Peterborough have this. But one I'm really kind of uh, we went out on a limb is is view uh, dynamic glass. So this is glass that uh, is got uh, its power. Each each it's got its own uh, uh, IPO uh, address, I guess. Like a, it, it has uh, um, it has internet. And so this glass changes with the sunlight. So it, it basically wow. uh, gets darker uh, as the sun is brighter. Uh, it removes all glare. Uh, has the ability uh, to be controlled, uh, you know, uh, individually. Um, so you don't need drapes. You don't need uh, any coverings. You know, you always have a view out. So when you're living in apartments, think about it. You know, you have this beautiful view, but what are you doing? You're covering it. Uh, also, the cooling load. So then, there's an environmental benefit to this. Mm. It it reduces your cooling loads. So now you have these, you know, and look, people are living in smaller units. Now you have this view. You always, even when it's dark, you can see out. So psychologically, I think you know, there's a lot of these studies. Um, so that's something we're very proud of. We're the first pro- uh, project in Canada. Wow, uh, there's a substantial cost to it. Um, you know, obviously Google and, and they're all in the airports, all the tech companies have this uh, view glass. Um, you know, there's some projects coming out in Vancouver and Toronto will have it now. But we went and put it in Oshawa. And, uh, you know, it, it is something uh, we're very proud of. Uh, and, uh, you know, 
you know, many, I, I think one of the abilities uh, with our firm is, you know, we don't have a big infrastructure, we don't have a big uh, uh, decision-making of, uh, uh, you know, apparatus. And, and, and so, you know, we were, it was something that we were, we were quite uh, uh, moved by. Uh, I, I saw some of the product in the U.S. and uh, in an apartment building and talked to many people. And we thought this was something that was uh, innovative. That sounds uh, great. And cutting edge. And, you know, it does separate you from the others because it sounds like it's quite, it's, it's a, t- it's a product whose time has come. Let's put it that way. That's right. Great. Um, what's been your biggest success in real estate? I mean, you've had lots, but what would you say? That well, biggest? I would say recently we have completed, we're just about uh, completed a very uh, interesting, uh, tough uh, project. We converted an, an old YMCA building uh, in Peterborough. And this is a historic building that was built in 1895, 96. And, uh, uh, and then eventually a new Y was built and it was left, uh, you know, for, for redevelopment. But, uh, it, you know, given uh, this building was complicated, they added additions in 1930 and 60 and 1970. And, you know, it wasn't accessible at different materials. You had wood and uh you know you had uh, brick and wood and then concrete and steel and then concrete and concrete so all the fire ratings heights levels were all over the place and you know they they had tried and we went and and you know uh, we the challenge we took down sections we rebuilt sections we kept the old 1895 building and added two modern wings uh to it uh and uh it's something that, that that had been in the community for for many many years, and you got to understand these wives in these communities is where people met their wives, uh, you know, people uh, uh, you know from the war, and and uh, some of them were housed there when they came back because they weren't able to sort of integrate into society, so they had rooms there. Uh, they have a book on this, so you know, we we had many people. I mean, I I, I will tell you, I had uh, many people. Uh, in their 80s, 70s, hug me and and say thank you. You know, this is something that my grandfather uh, took me to, and then they opened it up, you know, to families and women in the, in the 60s. And so you meet people who, you know, their kids went and swimming lessons, and anyone you talk to has a connection to that why. And in some cases, four or five generations. And so we were able to do something uh, and keep some of the, you know, the uh, infrastructure uh, in place. Um, uh, very, very tough project, both the community, the city staff, the mayor, everyone was very supportive. Uh, we were up for, uh, two build awards and a number of, um, so, um, we're quite, quite excited on it, uh, by it. And, uh, it's something that's very personal to me. And, uh, and I think the community has been very, uh, uh, very thankful, grateful, uh, I've never seen anything like that or felt anything like that. That's before. great. I mean, that's a that's an unknown when you start, but obviously, um, yeah. they we had many challenges. Believe me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. uh, of all the projects you've done, um, do you recall what the smallest one was and what's the largest? Well, the 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 smallest one we built single family sort of luxury custom homes, and at times, and you know, when we were a little bit slow or not busy, sometimes you pick up some lots. I was never, you know, one of the low-rise guys that does subdivision. That's not what what we ever did. So, uh, at Young and Shepherd, we did uh, three modern houses overlooking the ravine. Uh, they're beautiful, modern, um, you know, and uh, we we finished those, uh, you know, 
uh, they turned out well and and they were uh, you know that's a language we kind of work in uh, the largest one we're building right now is 370 units, uh, 20 stories, uh, three levels of underground. Um, it's a it's a big project uh, for us, but we are working on uh, a 1600 unit project in Scarborough Town Center. Mm. Uh, we have another 630 unit. We're in uh, a little larger uh, in Barrie. So we have, we have a number of projects that are that are going to be larger, and we're rolling those out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... And in terms of, I guess, let's call it your your time in this business, um, you mentioned the word challenges. Um, everybody has challenges. What what's what was your what has been your biggest challenge, and and what did you learn from it? Uh, I, I think when you take on challenging projects like doing retrofit buildings, like I was telling you, we had done. Uh, the, you know uh, the garment factory, uh, the Y Lofts in Peterborough. So these are are unique projects. They're custom. Uh, their their construction may be different. You know the the fire rating, the acoustical rating. You got to integrate something that wasn't built for residential. So you got to bring in sprinklers. You got to all that work has to be integrated. So there's a lot of effort when we're building new. We're building modern. It's easier. Uh, it's straightforward. Your pricing is straightforward. And here you're carrying a lot of contingency. What happens if you open a wall and you find something that wasn't there or it's not to code? Well, now you have to make it to code. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to think. And, and this is something that you learn through uh, doing projects and going into communities. And um, but, I, but I think it, they're, they're rewarding. Um, on a personal note, I think they're rewarding to the communities that we're, we built in. Um, and they retain the heritage of where, not exactly how it was, but definitely, uh, you know, there's a, there's a history and a continuation and you've done it, you know, you've done good to the community. You've done, you know, you, you, you've done well for everybody. I think if you can kind of achieve that, um, in, in your developments, uh, then you've won. And look, at the end of the day, you have to make money. Um, and so, but you know, you don't, everyone can benefit from this. And so that's the way we feel about it. And I think our reputation as we're going into different communities as, as it's helped, uh, both in Oshawa, Peter, we're now in St. Catharines, we're dealing with something there, uh, with the community it's been in, uh, you know, and so I think, uh, you know, we love where everyone can win, uh, where possible. I think what you said about getting support from the community, I think that's so important in what you do, because if you have no support, you'll, you'll never get anything done. I mean, you know, developers are always dealing with uh, um, situations with municipalities and with regulations and, you know, oh. and, and, and changes in all of those things. And you've got to get support so you can get your jobs, you can get your projects done. So, you know, right. And, you. and, and, and look, we, we, we have some that are challenging and, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, we do, you know, it's not always that way, but I'm saying when you do have it, things do move faster, move better. Sure. Um, and, and it's sometimes, you know, it's not profit maximizing, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, uh, but, if you could make it work, uh, you can, you know, um, then uh, it definitely works. Okay. And, and moving sort of towards, um, let's say, the current and the future, um, how do you see the demand for construction, let's say, in the next year, which would be 2020, uh, 2022, and then further down the road? 
if you're going. Well, I'm I'm yes. quite uh, bullish. I think the market is is going to be good. It does have its challenges, inflation, uh, regulatory. I you know you, you don't know where things are going worldwide, pandemic. But I think the fundamentals are good. Uh, you have immigration coming in. You have low interest rates. Uh, I think it should be good. Okay. Um, uh, in the near future and in and, and, and the next few years, I think. So I have two questions left for uh, for us yes. today. Um, and the first one is, what, what would you say to someone who wanted to get into the pre-construction business now? Um, you know, I would only say that the caution is that, look, you know, We've been lucky as the market goes up, you can make mistakes as a developer mm -hmm. and, you know, you come out still making money mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and then you, you've got the experience, but that may not always be the case where, you know, the, the market's always improving. So, so you have to be somewhat cautious. You, you've got to be, you know, do your little bit more homework. Um, and, uh, and you have to weather like the storm could take, you know, there could be, um, you know, longer approval period it could take, you know, so you, you should, you should have some contingency for, for, for complications and timing. But if you can do that, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, you know, it, it definitely um, is rewarding and uh, can be profitable. So. Okay. And yeah. that, that's like everything. Timing is everything. right? Yeah. Timing is everything, but you know, like, I, I, I say, you know, like I have been, and I and cautiously, I'm going to say something. You know, there are many, many people now coming in and and getting in the development business. There were accountants, there were lawyers, there, there, you know, completely from different doctors. I've even seen, and and you know, uh, buying a piece of land uh, is not development, and and you know, you you have to learn. And I think some some of them have done well on the land play, uh, but but not really well on the development side. And you have to bring in professionals. I think, you know, one advice I can say is bring in good consultants uh, and people that, that have experience and, and, and can help you um, uh, achieve, uh, you know, a successful thought out project. Great. Idea. And you have to think, you have to think all the way to the end, to the marketing, to the, you know, you have to think ahead uh, of, of what you're really asking for and how do you feel, you know, how are you going to move forward on it and, and, uh, and uh, okay. so I think you have to uh, surround yourself with good people. And my last question, Hans, is um, what's the greatest advice anyone's ever given you, whether it's personally or business advice? Well, um, wow. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to think back to, to my father. Um, and you know his his sort of philosophy was you know you work hard, stay humble. Um, you know you'll have challenges. You have to work through those challenges, and you can't give up. I think this this business and any successful business, uh, you'll have many roadblocks, and you just have to uh, persevere. You have to have grit. And I think you know there's many many intelligent, smart people. Uh, that I'm around, but but grit is something which which I learned from my father, a, a guy who would get up in the morning and and have roadblocks 
you know, financing was tough. You'd come from India and, and if you didn't have, it was hard to get credit. And, and so, you know, the trades all, you have to just work through and, 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 uh, you know, persevere and, uh, honor your word. I don't know. These are the, uh, that's something I learned from my father. I don't know precisely, uh, the advice, but this idea of not giving up. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you're all in and that means all in and, and, uh, and, uh, that's it. So, you know, you know what, it, I think that, uh, again, sort of recalling other people we've spoken to, that's the key that there, as you said, there are pe- smart people, people with different skills, people with different, uh, resources, but the ones that win are the ones that never give up. There is no business where it's not challenging. And that's the key. Just just keep going. So that's a great way to end the podcast. Good advice for, for everyone. And I want to thank you as I do, you know, when I talk to other people. I know how busy you are. Now I even know more about how busy you are. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And, uh, you know, we look forward to staying in touch. We really appreciate it. Uh, Howard, you've been a gentleman. I appreciate your time and your team's time. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a pleasure being on it and getting the chance to speak to you. It's like I was uh, speaking to an old friend. Great. Well, I appreciate that. And we, we look forward to seeing more success um, from your company. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for the uh, good wishes. Thank you so much. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. We'd like to thank Hans Jean of Atria Development Corporation for joining us. And we'd like to thank you as well. And if you enjoyed our podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on your favorite podcast network or on our YouTube channel. And to reach us, you can reach us one or two ways, either by email at info at rewithhd.com or on our website, rewithhd.com. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.